Hey, everyone. Before we get started into the show this week, I wanted to let you be aware of a deal that we have going on that you might want to take advantage of. If you've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast for years now and you've always been kind of on the fence about whether to support us on Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers or not, April is the definitely the month you want to jump in on because between now and the end of April... If you sign up for the yearly pledge amount, so let's say you go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and you're like, holy crap, that silver level membership that you guys offer really gives me basically a whole other half of major spoilers that I didn't even know exist. I want to sign up for this. If you sign up for the full year at the yearly membership, um, you're only going to pay for 10 months. Yeah, that's right. Between now and the end of April, if you sign up for the annual subscription you'll get two months free and save a bunch of money. People are already doing it left and right. Don't wait because this offer isn't going to last long. We certainly appreciate everyone who is able to support us. And listen, if you can't support us because of the crazy crap that's going on in the world, we totally understand. But if you've been looking for a way to support us and you want an extra deal on top of all the extra goodness that you get when you become a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers, we'd certainly appreciate it. So again, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Annual memberships have been unlocked between now and the end of April, save 16%. That's two months free. What are you waiting for? Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. Thank you so much for your support. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Ashley. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Superman's back, and he brought his marriage with him. Comic-Con's back, and they brought Turkey with him. John Walker is back, and he's brought his horrific privilege with him. Plus, the crew does reviews and the news for all of you on the ones of the two, so move all the furniture. We'll fire up the barbecue, Vern. We owe it all to you, Vern. But now you got to move, Vern, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 920 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. Everybody's here. I love it when everybody is here and we want to get more of you here in the coming weeks. Ashley was just talking about uh, how she's getting ready to move. We were talking about a scary incident that happened uh, today at my son's middle school. Uh, Matthew, uh, I forget what else we talked about. Oh, we talked about somebody who died today. Oh, you can find that conversation a whole lot more when you check out you our pre-show. remember what I say. No, I remember what you say. I just, uh, you know, we talked about Beverly Cleary dying or whoever died at 104. You can find out more of that conversation in the Major Spoilers pre-show at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Let us do some news. I think a lot of people are excited about this one. The in-person Comic-Con event for 2021 is actually happening. Comic-Con International has announced that the San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition will take place Thanksgiving weekend this year. The organizers are still planning for the summer virtual convention, but believe enough people will be vaccinated by November to hold an in-person event. No word on who's going to participate or how many attendees will be allowed into the San Diego Convention Center. Reminder, San Diego Convention Center holds somewhere between 100 and 150,000 people. Um, but those who need Comic-Con in their lives, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's coming up at Thanksgiving. Ashley, what do you think of that? Boo! You think they should have held it off, not even done it, just kept it virtually? I Yes, absolutely. I think it's incredibly irresponsible, and I think uh, 
it's a symptom of our capitalist society, man. Um, I think <laughs> it's definitely not the first convention that is coming back. No, there are others. There are others that have top tier, really exciting talent on them. So I totally understand why Comic-Con said, well, we can too, but, um, San Diego is very close to LA. Both of them are hot spots. And both of them have large populations. So I'm like super nervous about even if there is a decent amount of people vaccinated, like what this could mean for the city of San Diego. Like yeah. I I have a pro reg and I'm not going in November. Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm not going either. Uh, although, you know, there have been some changes. And uh, I believe New York announced that, uh, what is it, April 1st, everyone 30 and older will be able to qualify for the vaccine. I think uh, Denver also did that same thing. Um, you know, the uh, president has said that he wants mm-hmm. everyone vaccinated as soon as possible. So maybe by November, we'll have 90 percent of the populace uh, vaccinated. I mean, Not I that hope the vaccine... so. I just think it's way too early. To call yeah, I mean, honestly, I think so, too. But I, I'm, I'm trying to look at the at the hope here is that, uh, you know, maybe by November, we have 90 percent of the people vaccinated and mm-hmm. the other viruses, the, the mutations don't uh, cause problems. So, I mean, this is I think this is something to kind of look forward to. Maybe, though, 2022 might be the better year to go to Comic-Con. But something that is coming out this year and is super safe and comes from Disney because they finally cracked and they announced Black Widow is going to debut on Disney Plus on the same day that it arrives in theaters. And the only downside, I mean, that's what I said. The only downside at this point is that the movie has been pushed back from May 7th to July 9th, taking the Shang-Chi spot. Shang-Chi got a bump Mm -hmm. back to Eternals. Eternals got a bump back to... American Thanksgiving, Spider-Man is still at Christmas. And the movie will be offered at the $30 premium rental fee that has been utilized for past releases. Are you down for this, Matthew? I am super psyched. This is the one that I've been wanting to see. And not necessarily, you know, because I want to see more follow-ups to the Avengers, because, I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is on. I've been watching that. Uh, But this is the movie that I want to see because I want to see Marvel actually in not necessarily in dire straits, but dealing with something where everybody's like, well, what's this movie even going to be about? This movie's going to fail, you guys. We haven't seen that since Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I am waiting to see if they can pull this one out, whether we're seeing Genius or Cheese Sandwich. And frankly, I want to know what the whole storyline is and the backstory. And I want to see Yelena Belova get punched right in the face. I just don't like her. Nice. Bad. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel. Okay. Marvel is now the second major publisher to leave Diamond Comics Distributors last week. Marvel made the big announcement they are partnering with Penguin Random House as exclusive worldwide distributor uh, for comic shops that are dreading even more work. Ugh. Oh, man. When it comes to meeting the need of your customers, Diamond will become a wholesaler for Marvel. We still don't know yet how the changes in designation are going to affect things like prices that the shops will pay. And, you know, all of the the complexities of continuing to order through Diamond. But, you know, monopoly busted, question mark? I mean, not technically a monopoly. Um, There have been a number of small publishers who have been jumping over to Simon & Schuster over the last couple of years for worldwide distribution. Uh, DC, of course, left Diamond this time last year during the pandemic shutdown. And it was only a matter of time for Marvel now. Uh, Penguin Random House said that comic shops can start ordering their publications immediately through them. Uh, But the full takeover happens in October. I think the interesting thing for comic shops is if you're dreading doing the paperwork to jump over to 
to the, to uh, Random House as opposed to going with Lunar or whoever that uh, DC is currently working with, um, you're going to end up paying a lot more because Penguin, Penguin Random House has got free shipping with all their stuff. So you won't even have to pay for that extra shipping. You're going to just have to do a third order form every month. I don't think that's a big deal, Rodrigo. What, what do you think about this big announcement? No, it's 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 not a big deal. Or it's not a big deal to put in the extra work. I, I mean, we've been seeing this uh, monolith crack and then chunks fall off for a little while. Um, and I guess my main thought is um, I think Penguin Random House sounds like the name of like an anime, like a fly-by-night animation studio <laughs> in the 90s. They are definitely what is it, the large? I don't know if they're largest <laughs> but or yes, second largest. But they're largest. A, they're actually a huge, a huge, a huge uh, conglomerate in and of themselves that people should yeah. be aware of. Yeah, Penguin Random House. That's anyway, right. So two Marvel stories. We got two Marvel stories, Rodrigo. We've got yeah. a Comic Con story. I need some DC news in my life. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, so, uh, actor Dwayne Johnson. That's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. To, oh, to Instagram Johnson? this week. Huh? Oh, Thay Rock Johnson. Thay that's Rock a Johnson. that's a yeah. Legion Clubhouse reference. Sorry, from Rock the Fatal Johnson. Five. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, he took to Instagram this week to announce that Black Adam will be hitting theaters on July 29, twenty twenty two. That's July 29, twenty twenty two. Johnson plays a titular character who has been a Shazam villain for many years. Currently, Black Adam or Shazadam has become more of an anti-hero. Uh, also announced this past week is the casting of Pierce Brosnan as Kent Nelson, a.k.a. Dr. Fate. Although I don't know if the announcer, if the announcement itself named him as Dr. Fate. Right. Um, Black Adam is being directed by Jean Colette Serra. I'll give that a thumbs up. Sure. Yeah, Let's close. go with that. Uh, man, that seems like a mighty quick uh, turnaround to get this movie uh, shot in, into into uh, theaters. Basically, a year and a half. I guess that's that seems to be about on time. A year and a half, uh, six yeah. months for six months for post production, ninety days for shooting, and uh, depends on if you do reshoots or not. Yeah, they've been doing tons of pre production on this for like two years now. So, save for you know yeah. people getting cast, uh, this latest one, Pierce Brosnan. I think they have the rest of the JSA already cast in the role. Yeah, I, mean, I think they can do it pretty quick. Yeah, say what you want about the WWE, but all of the alums are used to working like 197 hour weeks anyway. So it's like, I I think they just like get the rock out there and he'll just like crank out maybe two movies while he's there. Wait, so did you guys see the, did you see the trailer for um, the uh, Suicide Squad 2 with uh, John Cena in there speaking of of WWE's people? Yep. Yeah, that Cena stuff was amazing. I was actually more paying attention to the other guys, trying to figure out who some of these people are. Who is Nathan Fillion playing? We don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, didn't they? Isn't Sylvester Stallone voicing King Shark? Shark. He, yeah. he must be. Yeah, because yeah. I saw his name in the credits, and I didn't. I didn't realize that he was doing King Shark. So, ah, uh, that's yeah, gonna well, be a lot of. That's, that's gonna okay. be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Hey, you. People listening right now, this is the point where we, no, don't get off my cloud. We want you to be part of our cloud. We want you to be part of our awesome community. And you can talk about these stories and a whole lot more when you join the Major Spoilers Discord. You can join the Major Spoilers Discord server for free. There's a link in the show notes. Just click on that. You'll go into the general room. Everyone will say, hey, hi, how you doing? You'll get all sorts of cat gifts and other things coming your way. And then if you are a patron over at patreon.com slash Major Spoilers, 
you can connect your Patreon account to our Discord, and then you get access to even more features of our Discord, including the Thursday night live recording of uh, the Dueling Review Show. This week, Matthew, we are jumping into Beta Ray Bill number one from Marvel Comics. This is going to be pretty awesome, I think. Oh, I read Manta Ray Bill, which is about oh, an underwater no. creature by Ah, and the terrible things that he did to our beloved Aussie friends. Anyway, listeners, go and join the conversation over at our Discord server. Again, link in the show notes. And now that we got our news done, let us jump into some reviews. So Matthew did mention Falcon and the Winter Soldier a moment ago. It uh, originally debuted its uh, first episode on March 19th. Just this past week, we got episode two. Rodrigo, what's going on with the show and what do you think? Uh, yes, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier out on Disney Plus right now. Got two episodes in. Um, reviewing it this time around because I just assumed that someone else was had, had called it, and then I saw that nobody had, so I was like, oh, "I want to review it." <laughs> um, so uh, this Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second uh, show to come down the pipe from the MCU, right from Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, as in their Disney Plus. Uh, pipeline. The first one, of course, WandaVision. And I think there's a group of people that sat down to watch WandaVision and just really expected it to be like a Marvel movie. And it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. Like those people aren't wrong for, you know, having watched like six years of like people blowing each other up with lasers and then sitting down to not that and being upset. Right. <laughs> but here's a good, here's a good news. Falcon and the winter soldier is back to marvel action stuff and in fact because it's um espionage and investigation and action it feels a lot like the winter soldier like captain america uh the winter soldier um which is a movie that i think a lot of people like it's a lot of people's favorite marvel movie Mm. um because it it because it feels like a captain america joint right it's like captain america is out there fighting you know space aliens too Uh, But then that sort of movie is all about like kind of Captain America's wheelhouse, right? You got like crossbones running around. You got like, uh, I don't know. Well, uh, uh, Hydra, you know. Yeah, you've got Uh, potentially in episode three, you've got Baron Zemo coming up and and certainly in episode two, which was a really kind of a nice surprise. But something that I think is an underlying message throughout the piece, you got Isaiah Bradley and we reviewed uh, Truth, Red, White and Black on the Major Spoilers podcast a couple of years ago. If you want to find out more about Isaiah. Yeah, that's right. So this is this is what's nice about it. If you're a Captain America guy, you get a lot of that. Like Stephen said, uh, Isaiah has uh, appeared. Uh, they're going to go talk to Zemo, and Zemo is. They're probably going to start moving Zemo to more of like a, a real kind of villain thing because when he first appears, he's very sympathetic. But I I, I hope that they're going to give him a uh, like a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing where the the good guys have to go talk to him yeah uh, and he's people's creepy at them yeah yeah um it's uh also kind of you know weirdly a mess um it's hard to tell like i'm just constantly confused as to like who uh like falcon works for he's Um, a free agent he, yeah, he's a free agent, but somebody is contracting him, right? It's like being a free agent doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. Yeah, it supposedly it's somebody, the U.S. government. It means you're open to anyone hiring you. So yeah. it's like 
is is it the army i was i was talking to a friend and uh they were like it you know it makes the most sense for it to be the cia because he's looking for terrorists basically mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah i wish they would say that i wish they would like because you know maybe if you're like in the armed forces or into the armed forces you can tell by like people's uniforms what branch they're in but i can't so you know, maybe it's like, maybe it's shield or sword or something no, it's it's not. If it was if it was some nerd shit, they would say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, the mon- it's like the normal stuff that confuses me. Um, you know, there's uh, we've already seen some fun stuff that was in the trailers. I think that man, that joint uh, uh, therapy session, I feel comes too early. Like, uh, there's a reason for them to be upset at each other, but that really felt like uh, like it should be a like close to the third act kind of situation or post third act kind of situation, but it was okay. Still interesting, still fun. I hope that they haven't written the psychiatrist out because, uh, she's a lot of fun. Um, there's an, there's another captain America, right? Like people are John Walker, um, us agent. Yep. Yep. That's right. So again, uh, from the standpoint of if you, if you, (laughs) if you've had this like sad card, full of like open boxes of like Captain America characters that haven't shown up, you know, where you just have like <laughs> Bartok and like the Red Skull. Uh, you know, it's like, you're going to get Flag Smasher, you get US Agent, you get... Uh, Your dance card is going to be punched in this in this series, huh? Yep. Yeah. You get a bunch of people. Yeah, you get a bunch of people. Lots of Easter eggs that I'm not even... That I don't even worry about or bother with because i'm actually not a captain america guy so whenever somebody is like i think that's that guy and i'm like great i had like three captain america comics growing up and they start exactly crossbones bartok and uh, a guy who had like knives for hands oh yeah his name yeah knives for hands that was his name yeah raise johnny knives for hands how dare you do not mock Razor Fist. I'm just. I thought we were going with. You know uh, how hard I thought it is we were doing with, for fists? I thought we were doing my Hero Academia names. Oh. Um, so uh, I, I feel like if it was my Hero Academia names, his name would be like Knife Knife, Le- knife, <laughs> knife Lejandro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, it's good times. I you know the. I feel like they purposefully keep all the all of the steps, all of the espionage and all of the bureaucracy of of the government and the military nebulous. Um, But it's something that I kind of want, something Mm. that I kind of want to see. Uh, We are seeing these characters butt up against society, right? Um, Yeah. uh, The. The Falcon can't get alone. Bucky is like under uh, some strict conditions because he was, you know, an international uh, assassin. Um, and so we see them butt up in other places, but not as far as like their their government clearance, which just seems to allow them to basically do whatever they want. So I don't know. I, I guess if I was going to see superheroes in the army, I wanted to see more of what that apparatus is like rather than just you know cool tanks and planes yeah honestly uh, that first there are, episode there are cool there are cool planes in this and helicopters and stuff so yeah that first that. first episode really did make it feel more military 
Uh, but like, like I would agree with you that it's not clear who he's working with and how he can just say, I'm going to go to, you know, Bolivia or whoever and take out these, yeah. uh, super soldiers. And they guys. just send them. And yeah. he's got like a little, he's got like a little friend in, in the armed forces that he's like communicating with. And it's mm-hmm. like, like, is that his handler or, yeah. or is he just like a dude that is like, Oh, Falcon, even yeah, like though a fanboy. I'm, I'm not running this up the chain of command or I am running this up the chain of command. Let me tell you this first. Like, it's not clear. Right. Yeah. I, I want that. Show me that. I need to know. I need to know where everybody is sitting so that then there can be stakes and consequences in, in that sense. Right. But anyway, maybe it's never going to happen. It's like uh, if you guys have seen the new like new quote unquote, the the uh, remake of Hawaii Five O, like they immediately tell them is like, OK, you guys are cops, but you can do whatever you want. Blow up whatever you want. And then they just do. You know? <laughs> so it's like, I, I guess that's what's happening. Um, so I'm going to give it uh, three and a half slices of meatloaf. Certainly fun. It's, you know, I-, I think the action looks very good. Falcons flying around, helicopters are blowing up and it looks just like a movie. You know, I like the, the special effects and all of that stuff is not suffering. Yeah. Right. For, for the move to TV. This is very clearly a, uh, prestige, uh, television. Yeah. Uh, or for streaming. Well, I hope that, I hope that, uh, you know, the, the live action thing, uh, is able to also support the story because the series is only six episodes long. I guess granted that's six hours, but we're six 45 minute pieces, but uh, um, we're one third of the way done with that already. Five, yeah, five yeah. Hour yeah. Which Something is good. It's good in mind. Yeah. Go ahead. The Lieutenant Torres kid uh-huh. in the comics. When Sam becomes captain America, Joaquin Torres becomes the Falcon. Yeah. He gets uh-huh. all weird and mutated. Yeah, well, yeah, he he's uh, a he's a hybrid of human Falcon. Oh, and this is how this is how Falcon and the Winter Soldier can introduce X Men into the Marvel universe, dude. <laughs> I will kill you. Yeah, yeah I, I will kill you. I, I, I will yeah. eat your head. Wait a minute, Sar- Sharon Carter is really going to be revealed as Mephisto? No way. Say it isn't true. I I really I really want the big reveal to be that. Um, like Red Wing gets, you know, his little drone gets zapped and becomes a real bird. <laughs> um, and then this that is- actually opens the door for the pet Avengers. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll all do an explainer video t- telling you uh, what all this stuff means over on our Here's YouTube what you channel. miss that hints at the fact that the pet Avengers <laughs> 94 <laughs> Easter eggs feeding towards the pet Avengers. Yes, 94 Easter eggs. Oh, man, that stuff drives me insane. You know what doesn't drive me insane? Comic What's books. That? Comic books, Matthew, and out today from DC Comics, Batman Catwoman number four. How did it go? The Joker has a bomb hidden in Gotham City. If you're looking for a comic that will not drive you crazy, I read Batman Catwoman number four. So here's the deal. Uh, as we mentioned, and I don't remember when, where, or why I reviewed Batman Catwoman number one. It may have been on this show. It may have been for MajorSpoilers.com. It may even have been for our Dueling Review podcast, which you can hear live. No, because I, I don't remember reviewing that first one. All right. Well, whatever. You know, I was just pimping the show. It's fine. Here's the deal. Batman Catwoman takes place in three time frames simultaneously. One in the past where Batman has just met Catwoman. One in the relative present of whatever uh, alternate Earth black label nonsense we're living in right now. And another in the far-flung future. 
Future state. Yeah. Ask me, how do you tell when you transition from one time zone to another in this book? Is it by Robin? Oh, wait, is it by the coloring their narrator balloons to, uh, to the color of the person that's speaking? I literally have no idea because I can't tell. This is my first read through this book. It starts out around Christmas. Something weird is going on. You remember Phantasm? Oh, uh, yeah. And Andrea Fuferfaw from uh, the movie Batman Mask of the Phantasm back when Stephen and I were 20 and young. Uh, she's back in Gotham. In the present, I think. She's trying to take over Gotham. Um, but in the past, Batwoman or Catwoman did something stupid. In the future, their daughter who may or may not be Selena Kyle or not, excuse me, Helena Wayne. Selena Kyle is Catwoman. Helena Wayne is Batwoman wearing a really, really funny looking cool suit, kind of armored with a, you know, headpiece that reminds me of the 39 Batman, which makes me think, Hey, linear verse, you guys. Okay. So these things are happening in the future. Batwoman is beating people up. Catwoman is about to go public with her relationship with Bruce Wayne. And in the past, something, 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 people getting punched. Um, a big portion of this issue has uh, Catwoman in her underwear for some reason, uh, having a discussion with Phantasm. I'm not sure if that's the future or the past. It may be the present. But in the future, uh, Catwoman, mother of Batwoman, has killed the Joker for reasons unsure and is now trying to figure out, or her daughter, Batwoman. See, this is nonsense. Okay. Batwoman is trying to figure out why Catwoman killed the Joker, and she's interviewing all of the villains. So we get to see all of the villains in the far-flung future, and then Batman is having a fight and trying to find a bomb under the Gotham skating rink, and he finds the bomb, but somehow something happened in the past, and I, I just can't follow this. It is well-drawn. I'll, I'll, I will give you, it is very well drawn. Clay Mann handles the art on this issue. And as much as I want to say, oh, 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 you know, the art and the story don't make sense. The art carries a lot of this for me. And there is a sequence in here that is horrifying where future Catwoman and future Penguin are facing off. And Penguin, by the way, looks just like Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. Um, but, uh, Catwoman decides to teach the penguin a lesson and six, one of her cats on one of his penguins. And it's this three page, beautiful sequence of the cat murdering a penguin ending with a full page spread of this cat looking at the camera with a bloody muzzle and a dead penguin with its throat ripped out. And I'm like, that was gorgeous. I have no idea what it means. And it's all set to a Christmas carol. So we're watching a cat murder a penguin while someone sings Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I have a feeling that if you read the entire arc of Tom King's Batman from the beginning to the end and then leapt into this Batman Catwoman series, you would have a very clear idea of what's going on. Since I read that series only fitfully and leapt into this one with, you know, the optimistic hope that it would be self-contained, that, you know, it might reference that, or it would give me something to reference that, but it would be self-contained series. I'm very puzzled. I'm a little off-put by this, because I want to like 
the Batman Catwoman relationship that Tom King writes. I feel like the characters work really well together for me, but the way the issue is structured with the three time frames and not being sure. I mean, there's not a single identifying caption in the book, which is clearly an artistic decision. Can't necessarily argue with an artistic decision, but it's an artistic decision that detrimentally affects my appreciation and understanding of the work. So even with really strong art and even with, you know, a wonderful uh, Clayface flashback moment where Clayface is explaining why it was so fun to be a member of the rogues gallery, two slices of meatloaf for Batman Catwoman number four. It's confusing. It's very difficult to wrap yourself around. And I want to make this clear. Sometimes people are like, well, you have to read the whole series. I did. I made sure to read one, two, and three after my third pass of four left me this puzzled. So if you want to argue that you certainly can, you are in and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong all day long, but I could not get this book and my brain to interface in a meaningful way. So good creators doing things that they clearly believe in just does not work for me. Two slices of meatloaf. You got to do what you got to do. Hopefully, if you love this book, you don't feel the need to defend it because obviously you can like what you like. There you go. All right. Uh, Out this week, out Wednesday from Dark Horse Comics is Young Hellboy, The Hidden Land, number two. Oh, my goodness. Matthew and I read the first one on the Dueling Review podcast a couple of weeks, uh, about a month ago, and I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, In the end, um, uh, Professor Broomholm and Hellboy, Young Hellboy, have landed on a mysterious island full of ape creatures and dinosaurs and crab monsters. And they met uh, one of Hellboy's favorite uh, pulp comic book heroes. I think it's what flying she devil or something like that. And so this issue kind of, you know, picks up naturally uh, where the last one does. We spend most of the time learning about the Island and we learn about how our heroine landed on the Island, how she got involved there and how she got some mysterious powers from the uh, from the native inhabitants. And then, of course, bad stuff is revealed and is going to happen. This is a perfect second. This is a perfect second installment of this series, because the first one is our heroes wind up on the island uh, through terrifying means. Uh, Then we find, uh, you know, what's going on on the island. Then we also reveal the villain. So the next time the villain is going to come to our heroes uh, or vice versa. And then, of course, fourth issue is going to be all heck breaks loose. And I had a lot of fun with this book. I got to tell you, it is really a good book. Uh, I think I, I'm kind of like Rodrigo. Pretty much anything with Hellboy is a is a good time. But this one with young Hellboy, this kid that is just full of optimism, this kid that's full of questions, that wants to explore everything and have fun with everything and believes everything that he reads is kind of refreshing, especially when you get jaded Hellboy when he grows up. Uh, and so young Hellboy, the hidden island number two or the hidden land number two. Is just a lot of fun. The art from uh, Craig Russo is really, really good. I enjoy that a lot. It's it doesn't look anything like a Mignola art that you're going to see. So go in knowing that it has a kitty flair to it. Still, probably not uh, for kids, especially when the the main bad is revealed and what what happens with the main bad and and some other people is kind of gruesome. So you might want to keep the young kids away from it. But if you like fun adventure with Hellboy. You're going to love Young Hellboy, The Hidden Land, number two. I'm giving this four and a half slices of meatloaf out of five. It's a good time. It is a must read from me this week. All right. We have one more review to do. And uh, I got to tell you, 
I don't know what Ashley's going to say about this book, but the Marvel action series over at IDW Publishing, if you have a young kid and you want to get them into Marvel Comics, don't go to Marvel Comics. Go to IDW Publishing and get the Marvel action series. Ashley's going to tell us about Marvel action Spider-Man number one that drops this week. That is so true. Co-sign everything that Steven said. Marvel action and uh, the Star Wars tales for my money are very, very exciting series. I really loved watching and reading and being a part of the like YA boom of the last 10 mm-hmm. or so years in comics. Um, and Marvel action Spider-Man is no different. Uh, if you're searching for this, if you're doing like a cursory Google, uh, do make sure that you're looking for the 2021 series because there's another series that started in 2019 that's also yeah. very, very good. I think this is volume. I think this today. is volume five. I think that is also correct. But you know what, Stephen? It's not in my notes. So that's I fine. don't know. That's fine. <laughs> yes, but look for someone, the 2021. Someone is tweeting at us right now. Um, if you're familiar with Spider-Man and Spidey's origin, this is like a fairly standard reintroduction for new readers or for younger readers who maybe only know him from the cartoons. I think it was smart. We've made Peter a little younger here than he classically is. He's like a middle school kid rather than a high school kid, uh, which in the reality of being an adult person means nothing. But in the reality of being a child for this audience, I think was actually a really, really good choice. And this is basically big colorful superhero fun across New York City, familiarizing readers with the landscape and the type of villains and supporting characters that you can expect from any Spider-Man story. If you're reading this to uh, a niece, a nephew, someone you're volunteering with, you probably know more about the character's backstory than you get here, but that's okay. They're super, super cute. Peter's got a bunch of new friends and he misses his old friends because starting a new school for real, for real, is like one of the most traumatizing things that you could do as a kid in middle school. So Agreed. it kind of uh, it kind of reminded me of the Miles storyline in the Into the Spider-Verse movie because that also features, right, Miles is going to a new school. I don't think it's an intentional parallel. I just think it's a very common trope. And I found this issue to be really cute, really fun, and just a really good time. These are the types of kids' comics where sometimes licensed comics for all ages are for kids. Um, can feel repetitive or redundant. And there definitely are the Spider-Man tropes and trappings and him learning how to use all of his powers that older readers have seen before. I just think it's wrapped up in such a cute and special way. So if there's someone young in your life, I would definitely recommend checking this out. Or honestly, if you just want to see some really cute art, uh, Philip Murphy has an adorable art style that he's using in this book. It's really fun to look at. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a big hit on Instagram. Oh, yeah, definitely. So what's the what's the final uh, slices of the meatloafs? If we're going for kid friendly meatloaf, it's a definite five out of five. Love nice. this book a lot. Really cute. Nice, 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 nice. Definitely go check that out. Uh, I would put a link to it, but I, I'm right now I'm over on the Comixology website. I cannot find the link to this particular issue. Uh, it when might I be do, a next week release. Um, well, Digital. no, I'm pretty sure it comes out this week. Um. Yeah, the, usually it's it's up there. Uh, they may just have some some search engine issues because when I do Marvel action searching, it's it's showing mm-hmm. the, the the previous volume. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, one thing that you may notice in the show notes is is a link to purchasing these titles online. So if you do want to, you listen to me talk about Young Hellboy, The Hidden Land, or Ashley talking about Marvel action or Batman, Catwoman number four, and you're like, oh man, I want to pick up that comic myself, and you don't mind buying it in a digital edition. 
Uh, if you click those links in the show notes, it will take you to our affiliate page. Uh, you're not going to pay anything extra uh, when you buy the digital comics through our Comixology link. Uh, we do get a little bit in return uh, as thanks for spreading the word about the digital comics and Comixology. And so uh, we thank anyone for their support for that. I know several of you who are doing that. Uh, J. Michael T. Uh, has said that he's using a lot of the links over at Major Spoilers to get um, to get his comics, etc. Uh, so that's just one of the many people using that link. And we thank each and every one of you. Hey, listen, if you want even more reviews, you need to head over to Majorspoilers.com where we have reviews coming at you left and right. Everything from... Uh, the big names, the DCs and the Marvels, all the way to small comic companies like uh, Dynamite Entertainment and Scout Comics, which a lot of people have been doing reviews of Scout Comics stuff uh, recently. I just got a bunch of stuff from Red 5 Comics today. So you're going to find all sorts of reviews from all sorts of comics over at Majorspoilers.com. Dot com. indeed. Oh, hey, uh, before I forget, I need to tell everybody this. Now, this is probably not going to. Hopefully, this is all resolved by next Tuesday. But this upcoming weekend, the Major Spoilers website will be offline. We're upgrading to a new server. It should make things run smoother, should give us a little bit more space to store all of the image files that we put up uh, and allow us to do a couple of other things. But our server is way out of date. And the people are like, hey, look, uh, we can't continue supporting your server if you don't upgrade. So we're taking the site offline starting Friday and it may be done Saturday morning. It may be done Monday morning. That may be done, hopefully not in two weeks, but hopefully it's done within a couple of days. Uh, but I just want to let you aware so you're not freaking out when you go to the Majorspoilers.com website and the site shows that it's offline. Don't worry. We know about it. We're doing server work. Be calm. Everything will be great when we come back. So there you go. Uh, again, if you're listening in the far future, hello, future people. This is not the big crash of 2010, nor is it the big transfer of power in 2015. This is just the ho-hum mundane 2021s that hopefully don't turn into the horrible, horrible 2020s. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about comics. Hey, Superman, Comic books Lois, and Clark. You. I have only been able to watch the first episode of the Superman and Lois or the Clark and Lois uh, series on the CW, but I was very impressed with that, that first episode. Uh, and people have said some very positive things about it. One of the things that struck me about... That first episode is it felt a lot like uh, the Superman Lois and Clark series from Dan Jurgens and Lee Weeks that came out in what, 2016 or something like that. And so I thought we'd take a jump into into this series. Now, Ashley, I know you've been doing a lot of Superman stuff recently, and so yes. you have also uh, read through this uh, fairly recently. Give us a rundown of what this story, what this volume is all about. Well, it's so interesting that you bring this up because I thought that this was. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. I, yep. I thought that this was the one from the in-betweenies. And then I panic had a Google and thought that it, we were going to be talking about the 90s series, which is also called Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have had a full emotional journey in the last 20 seconds. Thank you so much for coming with me, <laughs> listeners. Anyway, so DC has this habit of hard rebooting and it makes things really, really annoying. And one of the times they did that, it was called Convergence. It was really weird and Marvel copied it, it like really a year later. But one of the great things that came out of Convergence was this series. So Dan Jurgens, master Superman writer, comes back onto this book and says, mm, I wrote really great comics in like the 90s, so I'm just going to bring my version back. And so Superman is a little bit older. Lois is a little bit older than like young, sexy, new 52 Superman. 
and they have to deal with living on the new 52 earth with t-shirt and jeans superman and what that means and unlike so many comics in dc's history because these characters have been too allowed to mature and grow and change a little bit they do things that couples do when they've been together and matured and grown and changed a little bit. They have a tiny baby angel named Jonathan Kent who becomes the best Superboy ever and the world is never the same. <laughs> well, and I kind of like that because one of the things that did come out of Convergence, we've for years talked about, um, what is it, men of steel, women of tissue, and how that prevents uh, Superman and Lois from, um, you know, having children because it might kill kill Lois, but when they're on the Convergence plan, uh, world or whatever the heck that thing was, uh, Superman was essentially depowered. And so they could have sex and they could uh, get pregnant so that when that whole thing blew up and uh, they came to this world, they they had their child. And so they're living in secret. They're not living in Kansas. They're living in California under assumed names. Uh, they've got secret identities and they're trying, you know, Clark is trying to be Superman in the shadows and Lois uh, can't stop writing. And so she's become author X or something like that. I forget what her, if it's just author, author X. X yeah. yeah. And she's been writing all of these bestseller books and no one knows who she is. And of course her first or her next target in her next big book is intergang. And that's one of the big bits in the new TV series is that intergang appears to be doing something in Smallville and Lois is going to investigate. And I'm sure that that is going to cause all sorts of trouble in the TV show. And here it causes trouble for Lois and Clark because they're trying to keep their identity secret. And more importantly, they are protecting young Jonathan from the revelation that his dad is Superman. What do you think of that there, Matthew? Uh, I actually kind of liked it because the thing that that is important is that Lois and Clark already exist in the new 52 universe. Yeah. But this this story comes out in 2016 and basically retcons the Earth Prime, Clark and Lois, having been there from the very beginning. I mean, the first page of the first issue is literally the assembling of the Justice League in, you know, New 52 Justice League number one. And you have this moment where, oh my gosh, terrible things are happening. And Lois is like, and Clark was a microsecond away from getting involved. And I kind of, I enjoyed that bit. I really like this whole a lot of times with DC, when you deal with multiple Earths, they don't deal with it in a way that feels stressful like this, that feels like it's you know dramatically driven. It's just like, yep, Jake Eric lives on this other world, and we're going to treat it like you know, you're driving to Minneapolis to get yourself some hot wings when you go visit him. Whereas this story feels really tense in that Superman still wants to be Superman. But he's been replaced as Superman. He's, you know, there's another Superman out there. And I really appreciate the fact that we get to see them trying to be a family, trying to be journalists, and, you know, kind of away from the things that we had in the 90s where Superman was constantly being called into action. He's now able to operate more shadowy, kind of Batman y like. Yeah. Well, and I can appreciate the whole aspect of the story, which I think is probably the more important part of the story is, you know, coming out to your children and to tell them, you know, about their heritage or their background, because I, too, have had to have the experience of telling my oldest son when he was a young lad that I was secretly Batman and how that backfired hysterically. But if you're actually somebody that has powers, um, 
then I can I can understand that you don't want your young son who could be very prone to not understanding the importance of a secret identity, just blurting out, hey, my dad's Superman and causing all sorts of problems. And uh, so I really I don't know about you, Rodrigo, but I really enjoyed that aspect of the story of Jonathan over the years starting to become more and more aware of becoming more and more keen. And I think if anything, the story is basically saying, hey, your kids are smarter than you give them credit for. You know, don't 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 screw around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, anytime that DC does a reboot, um, I'm like, okay, but you better stick with it. And sure enough, very frequently they walk it back in some way or or do something else. Right? Ever since even Crisis of Infinite Earths, they kind of reconfigured some stuff afterwards. Um, and that always kind of annoys me, where it's like, well, if you're going to do the big reboot, then stick with them, right? Uh, but a big part of that is because they often want to have their cake and eat it, too. They want to have these big events, but also still have some of the status quo that people already like. Um, this uh, this stuff feels different than that. I'm I'm very much okay with this version of Superman having fallen into the new 52 place or dimension uh, because it's telling a different story, right? It's Mm -hmm. a smaller story about a family and about like the, the issues that they're coming into, Um, you know, there, there isn't a lot of stuff where Superman has a son and there's a lot of good stuff where Superman has offspring. Um, You know, you have to go to Elseworlds and often those aren't very good either. Um, so it's, uh, for me, it's, it, it was good. It was interesting. Um, it's, uh, it's an example of how a, uh, a, a superhero universe can still retain its sort of, its, I, I guess it's major overarching themes and still be flexible enough to tell different stories. Right. Yeah. Um, very much the bad guy that superman keeps having to to fight in this does feel like a new 52 guy right it does feel like a like overwhelming dark threat <laughs> um and your you know uh who is this like what earth superman is this earth and this uh, is the earth this is earth you know prime superman earth prime this is this is uh John Byrne. Is designated earth zero so right. this so, is basically John Byrne Superman, right? Yeah. So so your your Earth Prime Superman, your pre-crisis Superman, um, is taking on this villain who does feel like he belongs in this, and Superman uh, it, very much considers escalating things, um, but then kind of doesn't, kind of doesn't. You know, because that's not who this character is. And he runs into some problems because that's not who this character is. You know, because he, um, instead of, like, killing the enemy or whatever, or, or yeah, basically, instead of killing him, he imprisons him and it backfires. Yeah. And then he just does it again. He imprisons him again. He's like, well, I'm not going to kill him. I'm just, I'm just not going to kill this guy. And he doesn't. And, you know, maybe he's going to break out again later. But that's that's who this character is. And for once that feels good, 
right? A lot of the time people are like, well, why don't superheroes just kill their villains? And it's like, well, because they'd never come back. But this is one of the few times where like it really feels like a moral choice as opposed to like, well, we can't kill the Joker, you yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I guess I, I get that. I, I, and I see that where how that's important to a lot of people, especially with Superman. Um, but, you know, you look at the CW and, and Barry Allen and he kills his villains left and right. Sure. Which is somewhat disappointing. Um, it's it's a live action thing. Yeah. So you think so you don't think that this is John Byrne Superman, Matthew? You think this is what? Um, zero this hour Superman? Zero hour Superman. Oh. The John Byrne Superman went through some changes from 87 to 94. This is. um well, I can't say entirely post zero hour. Let's call this death of Superman, Superman. Oh, okay. I, I can but see. Yeah, well, yeah, but obviously because is, he's got the black suit and everything. So, right. This is the prime earth Superman as opposed to the post crisis new earth. It's, it's confusing. Yeah. The, Cause there was a second um, crisis and then that's where, yeah. Oh, there was like nine. And that's crises, where yeah. Tom Welling prime was punching holes in the universe. And Ashley called it. This is, this is the Superman that Jurgens wrote in, you know, 93, 94, 95, Woo! 96. I am. This yeah, is that Superman. I really, I will say that I really enjoyed Grant Morrison's take on Superman, the younger Superman that, that started everything in the action comics, that 12 issue arc. Uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, traveled through his history and the Legion are trapped inside his mind and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed that series. After the after Morrison left, though, I kind of lost track of what was going on with Superman until at some point he exploded. Mm-hmm. And then that the, was his new power. And then Superman, the our Superman, I shouldn't say our Superman. Uh, this Superman has to take his place at some point in the future. And so I kind of missed how that transitioned and everything. Well, I can tell you how that happened if you really want to know. I mean, he blew up and then everyone's like, oh, no, that's the end of Superman. And then Superman steps forward and goes, not quite, everyone. I am Superman. And everyone's like, no. thank goodness Superman's back. That's not what happened. I'm pretty sure it is. That is not what happened. The new uh, the new 52 Superman blew up and that was his new power. It was the blowing up power. Uh, and at one called point, called the solar was, flare. Yeah, something solar. solar yeah. And then they put it on Supergirl in Supergirl's first season. Right. He is uh, flipping around, doing his thing. He's kicking. He's jumping. He's fine. But the other Superman, uh, the pre-crisis or post-crisis. Yeah. This 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 series is Superman. Superman. Yeah. Married Superman shows up. Right. Mixius Pitalik is all like, ha ha ha. Now there's two of you, but I'm going to erase the memory of your family and I'm going to merge you into oh, one I remember, man. I remember that story. Yeah. Yes. And Mixius Pitalik merges uh t-shirt Superman with Papa Superman. Yeah, that's a weird two page spread. John still exists. And John is like, Oh dad, you remember me, right? You have to remember me. Mom, you have to remember me. And Lois and Clark are like, oh, crap, we do remember you. Yeah, I remember You're the story our boy. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so essentially, this Superman gets merged with the Morrison Superman and becomes a Superman where, much like the Klingon headpieces, we, we do not speak of it. Yeah, I remember that now. So I, since I 2017, we've got a Superman who is both. He's the new, and he's the old. And I feel like when you have both together, it's more money for dc comics it's also a very morrison way to think about the continuity of the characters because their belief is that it's all canon so Mm -hmm. maybe that's the appropriate it's a really weird story though and it feels very i think it's interesting that all of us have these different takes on this book like rodrigo digs the 
what's this guy's name? Black or Mesmer or whatever this blank. 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 Uh, Rodrigo digs that aspect of the story. I dig the aspect of, you know, raising a son and trying to keep a secret. Uh, Matthew, what was the part that you liked? You, you like the, I like the, the Superman trying to be undercover Superman oh, okay. part. And then Ashley, you what know, about you? What is, what is your, what is your take on this that you like? I, I love, uh, superhero dads and yeah. I didn't realize that Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Kent is like this very interesting, like piece of the Superman family that I really love and brings me a lot of joy. And I was like, wow, I didn't know dad Superman is what I've been waiting for all these years. But here we are. <laughs> so you like dad Superman. Yeah. There's so many cool, I guess there's, this is what eight issues, something like that. Yeah. There's a lot packed into this eight issues and it reads super fast. Um, oh, yeah. but I think there's something for everybody in this series. Uh, now, personally, I didn't like the bl- the the blank stuff. I thought that that was kind of like, eh, okay, he's got to have a guess a super bad guy to fight. But I would have been totally okay with, okay, I've got to go fly off now. Uh, Lois, you and John take care. And John's like, why is dad always going into town to fix the tractor? And, you know, slowly <laughs> putting things together that way. I could have been okay with the entire series being that way until, uh, you know, Jonathan gets his powers and uh, the truth has to come out. So I, I, I don't know. I really dig this. Is there is there something in this, Ashley, that you didn't like? Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of my bias talking. But this is what I want from Superman. This is like very wholesome. This is like very, quote unquote, all American. And I think. You can't out punch Superman, right? So you got to get Superman where his feelings are and giving him a family, a nuclear family in that traditional narrative storytelling sense lets you do that with very little effort. So you can have, you can invent a totally new villain and that's cool because he has a very specific way to attack Superman that we haven't consistently seen for the last mm-hmm. hundred years of comic books. So like for me, I I've recommended this book. I've given it as a gift. I don't have a bad thing to say about it. I wonder, Please come find hmm, me on Twitter. I wonder if, if it's just Dan Jurgens, you know, in his writing, but I, I like your take that this feels wholesome. This doesn't, you know, nothing in this book says cynical, bitter, mm-hmm. betrayed, um, which I bet was conniving. probably a mandate coming out of some of the criticisms of the new 52. Uh, they literally, they literally say that the characters verbalize that. Yeah. Like, this dimension is a lot stupider and edgier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what, what would you do if you got sucked into another universe, Rodrigo? And, uh, you decided to go and visit your your hometown and uh, you saw your doppel or saw your uh, doppel of your your best friend or something walking towards you. Would you like uh, grab your doppel and choke them out in the alley and take their place? <laughs> or would you uh, would you just, you know, walk on by and hope that nobody makes uh, makes the connection? I guess it depends on what sort of life they're living. I might try to I might I might try that if they're like really rich or something. But even then. <laughs> Even then, um, I, you know, I've thought about that and I'm like, if like in another dimension, if this person has made any different choices, it's like, there is no way that I would appear in the same city that they are. Cause I've moved around so much. And like mm. a lot of that comes from like other circumstances as like, it's like, if I go somewhere else, like I'm in the Seattle area now and I transfer to another, uh, dimension, Seattle, I have to like, look myself up and it's like, oh, apparently it's like this one, this Rodrigo lives in like Phoenix, Arizona, right? So I was like, well, 
in order to choke him out and take his life over, <laughs> I have to travel. I just, you know, at, at one point, Lois and Clark go to the, uh, to Metropolis to celebrate their anniversary, and they see Jimmy Olsen coming down the street, and they're like, quick, hide. And they just, wow, that Jimmy seems to have it going on. And it's just like, oh, that's really interesting. And, of course, they do know what their doppels are up to, and they do know, uh, you know, what what's going on. And I think that's a lot of restraint on both of their parts to sure. not want to reclaim their identities in, in this world. And so I think that's, that also is an, another aspect of the story that is, that's rather interesting. Matthew, what, what is something that you didn't like in this, in this book? This book for me has Cyborg, two cyborgs, Superman. That's one. There are two major flaws in this book for me. Uh, the fact that, God love him, Dan Jurgens has a couple of hobby horses that turn up in every single thing he writes, and one of them is frickin' Hank Henshaw. Cyborg Superman is in everything. I mean, he fights Booster Gold. Why? Because Dan Jurgens is writing it. And, and I, I, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Ashley attack me, so I want to say this uh, in the gentlest way possible. Jurgens' writing is good at quiet continuity moments and setting scenes when it comes to actual progression of story Jurgen's writing kind of falls down for me and these eight issues take place over what seems to be several years which is good yeah, they jump the they jump back and forth they jump back and forth in time yeah the fragmentation of that narrative works with the style that Dan has, which is to say that Dan's style is fragmented either way. And this story actually has a, you know, an explanation for it that I feel was the biggest problem that I had when I was reading Superman books in the nineties was you had four writers and four artists and the book with the best art was the one that Dan Jurgens was drawing. But unfortunately it was also written by Dan Jurgens, which is why in the nineties I started shaking my fist in the air and going Jurgens, but the, that weakness of the story works better here because this is meant to be showing us fragments of a long time, like five years worth of time or however long it's supposed to be in universe where Lois and Clark are sneaking around and not getting killed by Bruno Mannheim. So I feel like while this story has a lot of really great moments in it, it also has a lot of moments where I'm like, what in the world just happened and why am I being expected to care? You know, the, the blank storyline, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. And I've gone looking for more information on blank and I'm like, I think he's just locked up until Superman, just like all those other people that Superman has locked up. Uh, I was going to make for a them joke to about have something drawing happen. something, but I couldn't figure out what I would be drawing uh, mm -hmm. when it came to the story. Mm -hmm. So I just had to move on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I feel like the, the, the interconnectedness, the the progression of the story, the A to B to C, is a weakness of this, and it's great because the story, you know, the way this eight issue series is structured, A to B to C isn't actually necessary. How many issues and did this series go? How, ma how long eight. did this series go? It only went eight. Yeah, and it was then, a, it was a limited. Well, that's that's kind of a shame because I wanted to and see. And then they became. The, you know, the leads of Superman. Yeah, the Superman and they, the and primary came, Superman. Yeah, but then they continued the story. And how long w were they able to keep? Because I'm guessing Dan Jurgens didn't write the main Superman story then, did he? Yeah. He, he did. did? Or he did? Okay. 
Yeah, he was the writer of the issue, uh, the Action Comics issue, where the Superman merged it. Oh, okay. All right. Because, you know, at some point, um, which I think made a lot of people angry, they age up Jonathan to, you know, late teens, early 20s. Yeah, that happens in the Yeah, and they basically divorce Clark and Lois. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this this thing has. I kind of I kind of was hoping for another volume of this. Honestly, I, I felt when it got to the end and, and you see young well, Jonathan Steven, just kind of floating rebirth number one. <laughs> I know, but I, I I don't know if it does it have the same heart, Ashley, as, as this does. Um, I enjoyed the Superman and action comics uh, until the uh, team changed over a lot uh, because it also spins into eventually like a year publication year or two later, the Super Sun series, which mm-hmm. I think is the only thing Damian Wayne's ever been worth the damn in. So <laughs> well, I think you, if you like this and you haven't checked it out, it's definitely worth who was, it. Who up. was writing the, the Superman story with uh, the red mist and the whole uh, undercover. That's Bendis. That's Bendis. Okay. I yeah. enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. So I'm, maybe I will have to go pick up that Superman rebirth stuff uh, in the end. But I guess bottom line for me is, I really enjoyed this. This really surprised me a lot. And I think if you are someone who's watching the CW show, I think you will want to grab this and add it to your collection because I think there's a lot of similarities between the two in the approach and the story. And, you know, what does it mean to raise kids who may or may not have superpowers? Uh, I, I think that that, I think that those two mesh really well together. So for me, this is definitely a, a, a must-buy recommendation for me. Really enjoyed it. I think the art from Lee Weeks is great. I really enjoyed every aspect of it. It does rely a lot on your previous knowledge of Superman, because like I said, uh, Hank Henshaw shows up, and you kind of have to know all about Cyborg Superman to really understand that storyline. Um, so I, I think I think people are going to enjoy it. So I, that for me, it's a must-buy recommendation. Matthew, what about you? I don't know if I'd go so far as must buy, but I would say if you're a Superman fan, it's definitely great. Uh, it's definitely a check it out from me because Lee Weeks just nails it. And I, this is the thing. This comic came out after, you know, Aquaman wasn't married and Spider-Man sold his marriage to the devil. And, you know, all of the marriages in comics were dissolving. And they intentionally said, you know what, Superman and Lois, we're going to, we're going to put them back together. We're going to do some cosmic dipsy do. We're going to dance and we're going to flip de flop. They're not only going to be married, they're going to have a cool little Superboy baby. And I like that. And I wanted more of that. And I feel like if you can't have 1964 silver age Superman, then the next best thing is this Superman, even if they did merge him with T-shirt Superman. So, yeah, it's definitely worth your time, even with, you know, Cyborg Superman. <laughs> and he's not really Cyborg Superman, although he does have he some is. weird powers to go check out. So, Hank Rodrigo, Hank Ra- Rodrigo, what are your final thoughts on this? Um, I enjoyed this a lot more than I was expecting to. I went in and I really thought that Again, because of multi-dimensional Superman stuff, uh, sometimes I just check out. But uh, this was nice. It was nice because it was like this pretty contained story, and it focused on the family, right? Um, that so, if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're gonna get here. I would say definitely get this. Um, generally speaking, this is definitely a uh, borrow from from someone or borrow from the library, uh, and just be 
prepared that the book actually does a pretty okay job of explaining, but this does happen. You know, this is a Superman from a from one dimension living in another dimension, and they kind of explain to you why that happens. But you know, if you're not used to comic book multiverses, then it it might be a little confusing. Ashley, you get the final say on uh, this Ooh. book this week. What are your thoughts? Uh, I am a '90s baby. I think the '90s comics are simultaneously the best and the worst of comics that have ever been. And this hits a lot of the things that I like about 90s comics. And I like specifically about 90s Superman comics. I like anything with a family, found family, real family, happy family, probably reflective of my own family issues, which is why I like that so much. Anyway, (laughs) I think this does a great job uh, at hitting a lot of things that I am predetermined to like. And if you happen to also like those things, if you are um, not a shake your fist at the sky uh, at Dan Jurgens type. And if any of our arguments or statements have made you laugh, I think it's definitely go out, buy. You can get a really nice copy of this. It's very accessible. Go support it because it's a cool book. And honestly, in the pantheon of the big two, I don't think Superman gets enough love. It's my hot take. Help the white man out this week, won't ya? There you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, everybody, I'm going to give you a heads up for what's coming up next week because we need your help for next week's episode. Next week, something we haven't done in a long, 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 long time here at Major Spoilers, uh, the Major Spoilers podcast, is a mailbag episode. So we need you to send us questions, 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 questions. Uh, You can uh, drop us an email. Uh, Ashley will mention it again here in a moment, but podcast at Majorspoilers.com. If you are over on our Patreon page, there is a post Uh, That is soliciting your questions, but we want to try to get as many questions from you guys as possible. In fact, I've already gotten a couple. Uh, One of them is really good talking about the the all of the Robins that have appeared in the DC universe. So we'll be answering that question and hopefully a lot, lot more with your help. So right now, fire up your email generator and generate us an email uh, with questions, anything about major spoilers, comic books, etc., and send them to us at podcast at Majorspoilers.com, and we're going to get through as many of them as we can next week. And that means we're going to wrap it up for this issue, and I want to thank all of you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. And a big part of the Major Spoilers experience is your feedback. We love it. We want it. We need it. Join the rest of the cool kids on our Major Spoilers Discord server. Uh, Link is in the show notes to share your thoughts and reactions to this episode. Or even better, you can send us an email, like Stephen mentioned, to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, and don't forget, you can support this show and everything we do by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Majorspoilers. Cannot wait to read all of your emails next week, and we will be back next week because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew to kick my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler 
away If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.